Hey, Amina, how are you? How's it going? I'm great. How are you, Mark? I am doing amazing, and I'm so excited to get to connect with you today and learn a little bit more about your background and Pally Roots as a brand. Yeah, I'm so excited to dive deep into it, and I hope that anyone that's listening can, you know, be inspired or find some valuable information, you know, in regards to what I'm going to share. Um, I think a lot of people keep gate to the secrets of business, and I think as you know, as a movement that we carry, you know, throughout Pali Roots, I think it's something that we can share and be able to inspire other people to do things that they also love. So I hope that that's, you know, the benefit that anyone who listens to it receives. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, and I can't wait to dive into your story. So let's backtrack a little and like, let's talk about like, where, where, where did you grow up? Where do, where are you from? Like, how did you get started in entrepreneurship or what were you, you know, what, what's the backstory on Amina as a whole before you even got into Pali Roots? Yeah, you know, I was born in Jerusalem proudly. So I'm Palestinian, born in Jerusalem, and I grew up most of my life in Chicago and Cleveland, Ohio, until, you know, my, da- my dad decided to take a spontaneous motorcycle trip to California and after that, you know, a week later, we packed up our bags and moved across the country. So no way. It was that fun. So your dad took a, he took a motorcycle trip and he's like, hey, we're moving to Southern California now. Back. He was, he was, That's awesome. He was right in San Diego at the time. And he was like, I need you guys to start packing your things. We're leaving. <laughs> and we were like, really, right now? Like, it's in the middle of, you know, school semester. I've moved four times in just my senior year. So I was just so used to the idea of moving and adapting quickly. And I feel like because my parents did that, um, it was so easy to implement also that type of strategy in my business or in my personal life to be able to, you know, uh, pivot and change and move and not be so stressed out about it. So I think my dad and my mom and dad trained us, you know, to be that type of person without even really realizing it. That's so cool. And how old were you when you moved to the States? Um, you know, the thing is, I, I, I was, I would say it was a miracle for me to be born in, in Jerusalem. I wasn't meant to be born there because I have yeah. an older brother, Hussein, who is my business partner that was uh, yeah. born and raised in Chicago. So at the time we were living in Chicago, okay. but my mom was, went back to uh, Palestine to um, celebrate her brother's wedding. And during that time, she had me um, in this beautiful little home in Jerusalem. <laughs> 1994 it was a good time <laughs> that is such a cool story it is it's you know it's 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 really personal because one of the things that i get to share is kind of like bringing perspective to people who don't understand what's happening in palestine um because for me the way that i view palestine um it's it's hard to not be political about what's happening there and one of the things that i say just to have people understand you know, the injustices that are happening is just the fact that I live in, I was born in Jerusalem and I can't visit. So if you were to, you know, think about and reflect, what if I couldn't visit my birth city? How would that make you feel? It's easy to get someone to really understand what's happening there. Um, But that's kind of like what we do with Pali Roots. And I'm so excited to dive into that. But you asked, how did I get into entrepreneurship and what kind of led me to go into this world of business? It's tough because you would think that I don't want to, you know, have a nine to five. I don't want to do this. And then you end up working 24 hours and you're like, what is this? <laughs> this is what, this is what I thought. Um, but there's so many perks of being your own business, uh, you know, to be your own entrepreneur and to run your own business. 
Um, it's really a test of leadership and patience and a lot of character building is needed in order to be an entrepreneur. And um, I think we have a lot of inspirational entrepreneur people on social media that are convincing people to start a business. Um, and, you know, starting a company is it's probably the easiest part. The hardest part is scaling it. And I don't think people know that. <laughs> it's like you can start your business, but once you scale it, either you lose all your money or you triple in your revenue and you just have to be really, really resilient and fight against every task to get to where you want to be. And if you don't, you know, the bottom is calling your name. <laughs> so, um, totally. And I don't think a lot of people realize in e-commerce too, like how much money your business needs to be making for you to actually take home a salary. Yes. And even just a, 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 a humble salary, right? If you want to take together like a, a nice salary, a comfortable salary, the business really needs to be supporting a lot of revenue to be able to hit those numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Especially in e-commerce because there's such a high burn rate. You know, your products cost money, your overhead costs money, your shipping fulfillment costs money. And then, you know, you have customers that tell you like, but it's an $8 shirt. Why are you... You know, why are you marking it up for 60? I'm like, because there's other elements of the business that are needed. And, uh, you know, thankfully, we don't have that problem within our demographic. Marketing costs a lot of money. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. We don't have that problem within our demographic, which is great because people see the value of not just the product, but the movement and, um, you know, all the elements of what makes Pally Roots what it is. And I think it's just really, really special. That's so cool. And so let's hear, like, how did you actually get started with Pally Roots? What were you doing before and how did the journey get you here? Yeah, so um, I went to fashion school just to learn um, product development, technical design and, you know, understanding how can I make, you know, an idea turn into a physical product. And at the time I was so invested into menswear. I loved menswear. And this was, this was before menswear for women was even a thing. So at the time I was in college, I was like, you know what, I'm going to design a whole suit line. I'm going to make unisex clothing you know, and have everybody be able to express, you know, however they want, kind of making genderless clothing. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that was just because I personally couldn't find modest things in everyday fashion. Most of the women's line is like, very cut short, very exposing. And I come from a background where modesty is valued. And I love, you know, being a part of culture where modesty is valued to that, to that extent. So I had a hard time and I wanted to make clothing that women like me who are not extremely modest, but it's just like, there's like this sweet line that I wanted to accomplish. And, you know, you, I do see that within Pally Roots now is that a lot of the clothing is modest. It's very unisex, like, I feel like all types of people are wearing it. And, you know, we're actually introducing a sister line into um, Pally Roots where it's going to be more fashion street end because we were operating more as like T-shirts and hoodies. And now it's entering into this yeah. whole fashion line um, inspired by Palestinian culture and elements wow. of the culture. So really excited for that. But I would say that entrepreneurship is something that I was raised with. Um, my father was a, uh, well, he was in medical school, which is why we moved around so much. Um, we lived in Belize in Seba, um, which is in the Caribbean. And we went, we were with him during the whole time he was in, uh, in, in, uh, 
oh, wow. in medical school. And while he was matching into residency in the States, it was hard for him as a foreign medical graduate to call hundreds of program, you know, um, program coordinators asking them for the requirements. And then he had this aha moment. And that's kind of when his brain turned into like, you know, being a medical student into an entrepreneur, he found a glitch in the system or something that he can create as a, as a service to help people, you know, match into programs without having to call so many program coordinators. And uh, he created his system and ended up, you know, quitting medical school, quitting residency, quitting being a doctor. And he just focused solely on this business, which has been so different for my family and I, because we, we grew up, you know, um, with very humble beginnings. We, you know, my parents were just starting off. My, you know, my parents, my grandparents were first generation immigrants. So they're immigrants. My parents are first generation and I'm second generation. So just witnessing that line and seeing how hard my father had to work in order to get to where we are today, it's kind of like a privilege. I've, I'm privileged to have my father to be an investor into the brand when we first started six years ago. Um, but in terms of like entrepreneurship, in regards to like being inspired by my dad, my brother is, a, is I think, a genius. Hussein, my brother, he's my business partner, never went to college a day, but he just seems to know everything. He reads everything. He watches YouTube videos all day and just tries to really understand. And he was working with my father since he was 15, hiring and onboarding employees for his company wow. at the age of 15. And at the time, I was an artist. I was focused on fashion and design. Um, but when entrepreneurship really hit me is when I was in college and, um, and uh, I, <laughs> I, I was a really nitpicky, perfect note taker in psychology. And I was writing all my notes, just typing them all out. And I would sell my notes on a website and kids in my class would go and buy those notes. So during finals, my notes were being bought left and right. And then I was later kicked off the website. <laughs> but there, I, at least it was right after finals week because a lot of the kids stopped showing up to class because my yeah. notes were so perfect that it was easy for them yeah. to go in and study and use my notes. And I, I loved writing things. Like I loved going to classes. Yeah. So that's the first time I was like, wow, how did I make $7,000 in just two days? And that oh was like, my God. yeah, this was in college. And I was like, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I, I love yeah. this. This is great. I want to understand it. And, uh, and that's kind of like when it was like, when I made my big check, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I made this much money. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like where my entrepreneurship of like, I want to build a business with my brother, have my father, you know, be another uh, partner or an investor into the brand. And then that's where Pali, the idea of wanting to be an entrepreneur came, uh, to be an entrepreneur came from. But Pali Roots itself has such a deep sentimental story that has nothing really to do with entrepreneurship. It just has to do with the love of being Palestinian. I think that's amazing. And I, you know, it's so cool is I feel like every entrepreneur for the most part has some type of side hustle or some type of story like that, like from what you just had, which was, I was already making, I was already going to class and in putting together notes, why don't I just sell them on this website, right? And to do something that's yeah, you could have sold them. Yeah, and and to do something too that's like that's so like 
the name Pally Roots. It's rooted into your culture and into who you are and to be able to build a brand and a business, not only about that culture, but also with family, I think is incredible. So how did you come up with the idea of Pally Roots? You're in school, you've made seven grand off of selling (laughs) your notes in two days. You're like on top of the world. You're like this I'm not, why would I take a day job, right? Yeah. You know? So how did, where did it go from here? Like, how did you end up, end up being a fashion school student with this note-taking side hustle to building this brand empire like you have? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, when I was in fashion school, I really wanted to do menswear. And um, my brother at the time was like, Let, I want to do business. Let's start a business together. And then my father, who you know, is so proudly Palestinian. He said, I really would love to see, you know, you guys do something around the idea of educating people about Palestine. And, you know, one of the things that my great grandfather has always told us is that I brought, I left my home at 15, went on a boat, traveled across the Atlantic Ocean, not just to give you guys a better life, but to also help our people back home. What can we build here to be able to sustain our, our loved ones at home? And not just family, but even just strangers that we don't know in Palestine. How can we um, help them during the occupation um, with, with the privileges that we have as Americans? And um, with that, we decided to launch Pali Roots to educate people about Palestine. Um, I think there was like one or two brands that um, did exist already, but the their branding was more so educating people about the occupation and the war. And that is so needed. But what was also needed is that love that was we wanted to spread within the culture as well, because either people will care about a movement because of the politics or they care about it because they met a Palestinian and were so connected to that person by their hospitality, their love. And that's usually what happens. A lot of the people who are a part of our community is like, I had Palestinian neighbors or my best friend is Palestinian or my husband or my wife is Palestinian. And I wanted to understand them more and get to know their culture and, and then maybe find a meme that's relatable and then send it to them. And it's just, a, it's become a community page where the idea of being Palestinian is, is is very prideful and also to be a supporter of Palestinian people you you are Palestinian by heart you don't have to be Palestinian by blood to be Palestinian and that's kind of like our motto um, since we have such a diverse group of people Um, but the idea of the brand was just to give it a new perspective in the way that people saw Palestinians and to humanize the Palestinians Um, since with war we kind of just normalize the idea of like these are just the casualties of war and I don't think that mentality is ever okay but the one way we could you know psychologically break that is by showing them a different perspective to Palestinians in hopes that they also would be inspired to either visit Palestine or to find a Palestinian friend or to kind of want to you know explore that side of um, such a beautiful and rich culture and that's kind of where we grew from Pali Roots. But what I think makes Pali Roots special is not just the brand story or the clothing. It's the philanthropic, you know, um, sustainable program that we built within the brand. And the, that's called the Pali Roots Meal Program. And the Pali Roots Meal Program was inspired by us being second generation immigrants in America and how... Um, we used to go to school early in the morning to receive meals that was provided by the government in the schools. 
And, you know, that's when we had our little aha moment saying, like, why can't we create the same program in schools in Gaza and feed children in Gaza? And that's when we started finding NGOs that we wanted to work with, building the program, the photos, the transparency, the program coordinator. And then, you know, it's been three years now since we've launched that program and have donated over three million meals uh, in just those three years. Three million meals. Yeah. Three million meals. That is just incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, I love how you, you know, I can tell. But but without even asking you what's the mission statement of the business that like you guys wake up every day to run a business that has meaning and purpose and has impact, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's all great to to like be your own boss and to like make your own salary and to like be able to control and steer your own ship. But it's another thing when you wake up every day and you actually have meaning and purpose for why you're doing it. And I can tell that meaning and purpose. Yeah. You don't feel like you're working. Yeah. Yeah. You don't feel like you're working a day in your life. That's awesome. So like this program started, uh, you said a few years ago? Yeah, three years ago. It's about three to four years ago today. I think we hit four. Wow. It's been a little crazy. I'm starting a second brand at this moment, so I'm like, stuck between the two. I'm like, yeah. where's my brain here or here? <laughs> it's like when you have two sides of your brain, it's like your right side, your left side. Mine's like Pali Roots and then Kawiya, which is the name of the second brand we're launching uh, at the end of this year. So it's a little, com- you know, yeah, it's like this, but thank God for productivity tools because that is the, the secret sauce to every business. I you couldn't brand, agree anymore. I would be yeah. lost if it wasn't for our internal systems and tools. I actually just, <laughs> I did a post on LinkedIn the other day that was like, here's a list of every single tool I use to run my business. And the first one was Basecamp because it's like, if we didn't have Basecamp, we wouldn't be able to operate and run anything. It's where we, it's exactly. our whole office. Yeah. What do you guys, I'm curious, what's, what's your top productivity tools? Notion. Notion. Notion is just awesome. magical. Yeah. We have all of our departments. Everything That's is great. just so organized and perfect. And, you know, we spent the last three years making it where it is today. And anytime I show a friend, you know, our Notion board, they're like, what is all this stuff? I'm like, this is all of our brains in just one company. And, um, you know, the thing is, when when you think about business, there's the strategizing side of like, what's the best move to make? Um, and there's a there's like a time span, like how fast can you did it, get it done and how um, how effective can you execute it? Because I think what people do is they spend too much time trying to make a decision that it kills them and it, it, it they end up never either never doing it or ends up being too complicated that it stresses a person out and then they lose interest in the project. Or they're trying to make it too perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Some people like our perfection is is what kills what kills like actual execution exactly exactly so there's there's like i think that's one side of it is being able to make a decision business decision quick enough and the most efficient way um kind of like we know we need this in the company do we need this do we not no it's like you need to be really stern on what you need write that down and go for it 
Um, I think the other problem that people have in business too is that they do not know how to build systems. And systems are so important in a business. In the beginning, when you're a one-man show, I get it. One woman, one-man show, do whatever you want. You know, like write things down. But when you introduce just even one employee, you need to build systems as much as you can because that's actually what helps you get acquired. That's what makes your business even stronger. And that's what extends the longevity of your brand. If I were to not be here tomorrow, Hollywoods would continue to go on because my team are so organized, the systems are built, and we're constantly trying to make the systems better and be more efficient and add whatever it is needed to make everyone's department easier. Um, but I cannot you know, stress enough like the importance of systems and the importance of making decisions quick enough, and also being able to separate emotions and logic from your business. Um, I think like for me, when I, when I think about, oh my God, I have so much to do, Business really is just how fast can you check things off of your checklist? So if you have a task, how fast can you do it and how efficient can you do it? That's all it is. It's just a whole bunch of tasks and that you grow bigger, the faster you can get tasks done as fast as you can and as most, most efficient as you can. Um, so for me, when I think about it, I'm like, I need to finish these tasks and I can't stress myself about it. I can just only, you know, um, try to find more time to you know, get these type of things done. And that was a book that I read um, recently. Um, my God, I have to find the name of the book because this is the greatest book that I've read in my 28 years. Um, but it basically talks about how your mind always has more capacity than what you think. If you think your life is going by too fast, you are telling yourself your life is going too fast or your day is going by too fast. If you feel like you can't take on that extra role in your job, you can. You just have to look at your schedule and be able to change a few things around in order to be more productive in the work that you do. Um, but I think we all just give ourselves a little too much slack. There's like you have to give yourself some slack, but not too much because there's more than that we can do than that than we think we actually can. Um, it's just a matter of sitting down and being able to write everything that you're doing and making the time and space to get that done. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so I'm curious with uh, speaking of like, you know, productivity and operations and roles, like with you and your brother in, you know, really operating and running this business, uh, which one of you is the, is the uh, innovator and which one is like the, the integrator? Are you the innovator? No, my brother is the innovator 110%. He, like I said, this he is a genius, mashallah. Like he he can think of anything and he's gonna get it done. And he's like, I know we're gonna do this. And you know, at times like we do things and we're like, Are you sure it's gonna be a good move? But there's so much trust that the whole team has in him and in his direction of where he wants to go at the company that we just go for it. We're like, okay, let's go for it. So I mean, the meal program was majority built by him. Um, the, I'm more of like the creative story. It's like what is the story behind it? Really, it's kind of like almost as if if my past self had a different job, I'd probably be a journalist or a detective because I always tried to see like, what was the story behind this? Where did you get inspired by this? Like, and I'm such a storyteller. Like, I love stories. I love culture. I love like being able to have someone visualize the things that I'm telling them. Um, so for him, he'd be like, I think it's cool to do a meal program. I'm like, oh yeah, kind of like what we had when we were kids. And he's like, 
Yeah. And it, we just bounce off of each other. And then like, I add like the story side of it. He adds more of like, how can we make it logic? How can we make it sustainable? How can we make it more, you know, um, meaningful for people to understand it, for them to really see their impact when they're buying from Pali Roots? Like, okay, I donated four meals for this order because I spent this, you know, for every $25, we donate a meal. So they, they can actually see in their cart how many meals they're donating. And then we would send them emails updating them of like, your meals have been donated. Here's all the photos and the videos that you need to see. And then we just give everybody reports of like the distributions that we do. Um, but he's definitely the innovator. I'm the one that can distribute and get everything done. So we're like the yin and the yang. We, we yeah. man it. We like, I do things that he doesn't want to do. And he does things that I, you know, I don't want to do. So we just, we bounce off of each other really, really well, which is, I feel like almost rare nowadays because not many people partner up with their family and their siblings. But um, my parents really raised us on the idea of if we're not here, you guys have each other's backs. So either you hug it out right now <laughs> or you're both in trouble. So my parents would make us hug each other, even though we're so mad at each other. We're just like yeah. we want to rip each other's out. We would just hold them and like yeah. curse each other out. <laughs> but if it wasn't for our parents to instill so much love and family into our family dynamic, um, I wouldn't imagine being able to work with my siblings, too. But. If it wasn't for my parents, um, they've just raised us to be really incredible siblings to one another. So cool. And uh, like, I'm curious too, with with the dynamic in the business, like was your brother involved from the beginning? Yep. Right from the start. As soon as I graduated from fashion school, he was like, move back from LA to San Diego. We're starting this thing. We got our little office, a little like everything set up. So um, my brother is actually the one that really pushed me to go into business because I didn't even know I was just an artist. Um, and he was like in the business aspect, like he understood, he could see, and he knew that there's so much that we needed to learn. Um, but we just never gave up. We just really, really kept pushing, even on days where we were packing for six hours and our backs were hurting and we didn't have money to get a massage. <laughs> we didn't, you know, and our parents would get mad at us that we were so addicted to working and really pursuing our dream. And we traveled and went to trade shows together. And we were 21, 22. So we were so young in the game. Um, but we just knew that this is what we wanted to do. And we just loved our dynamic together. Just We're just two goofs just figuring it out together. How long has uh, Pally Roots been around for? What year did you guys start it in? Since September of 2016. Oh, wow. So I think we just hit six years. Very cool. Yeah. So it's been a long time. Within the last six years, like, was there a, was there a time or a specific event that happened where you guys are like, oh my God, we found what works? Yeah. Like, was there, yeah, like an inflection point? You know, the thing is, you'll find things that work and you won't. And then sometimes those things that once worked doesn't work anymore. So it just really depends. And, um, you know, I think a lot of things in marketing with Facebook and Google and pixel tracking has kind of like gone. So it's it's been hard to track really where sales are coming from. And you just have to test a few things to figure it out. Um, but in May of 2021, um, I'm sure the world witnessed what happened in Palestine. And, um, and that was a really big uproar because our entire team took a shift and said, this is the time that we need to really start educating people more about what's happening in Palestine. And then also 
trying to tap into growing our network of people so that they can also amplify Palestinian voices. So that's when we got connected to A-list celebrities and, and we said, hey, please talk about this, share this. So we started creating infographics to help people um, share them and then educate those around them because I think there was so much misinformation going around obviously with the Zionist movement and like it's just you don't know where you can get credible sources and we tried to find it in a way that anyone could understand what was happening and how they can really support the Palestinians um, by amplifying their voices by donating into trustable sources and building programs to you know um, build a strong infrastructure for these refugees living in Palestine and um while we started doing that, you know, one of our posts went viral. We had almost 500,000 likes on it, thousands of comments. It had crazy impressions. And that one just circled everywhere. And that one was just a charity project that we launched that got 2 million donations uh, in wow. a month. So we were able to raise $2 million in a month um, during the month of May. Uh, and we also ended up, a lot of people were attending rallies and Many of these people didn't have a place to buy Palestinian merch, so they bought out our entire store. And in doing so, they also donated meals. So oh my God. <laughs> that's really where all the donations and all the support really came in from. And we had, you know, the Bella Hadid wore our, our bandana during one of the protests and then a magazine fashion cover, you know, um, took her photo and then said, what is Bella Hadid wearing? And one of those things was our bandana and it sold out of our bandana in like 30 minutes our soap products sold out it's just it was just all gone and um the first thing i did i told hussein i'm like okay there's a lot happening everything sold out what is the best thing to do and my brother being the innovator he's like well how fast can we get these products in let's just turn the entire store into a pre-order because we obviously still want people to be able to donate by shopping through the brand so we turned our entire website into a pre-order um, and people were ordering without us having stock. And I'm there working on the back end, like ordering all the stuff, calling my suppliers. Um, man, I probably worked that week. I mean, I probably slept three hours every day that week. It was, oh my uh, God. It was a really tough moment <laughs> in my career, but it was so, so beautiful. It was so funny just like seeing how everything was playing and just the fact that so much money was being donated was just the highlight of our year. It was wonderful. So we realized that infographics are really important and something we still in, in, you know, put into the brand. So I would say that quality content over quantity is important. If you want more of your posts to go viral, if you want more people to see your stuff, really think with your team, how can I make a post that's going to get a lot of people to want to support it and see? Um, and that's kind of like what we're still instilling into our brand is is creating content that is really high quality. You know, it's it's so interesting, like hearing you explain how you guys built a brand that represents a culture, right? And and a group of people, because when you there's there's so many brands I've always heard, like where it's like, um, we're gonna be the next, the first Korean streetwear brand, right? Or like this specific high-end, you know, clothing brand for these people, but no one ever finds, like, no one ever really connects with it. It's always an idea, but it's so unattainable and it's someone's mission and vision. But I love the, I, like, I love what you guys have been able to create because when I look at most cultures, like, they, 
what's the one thing that most cultures wear when they're trying to represent themselves? Usually it's going to be like a, it's usually going to be like soccer gear for the most part, right? You look at like my whole family's, like I'm first generation American too. Like my, my parents were born in Croatia and when Croatians get together to celebrate, they all wear the national team's soccer gear. Because that's the only thing that really is out there that represents them as a as a culture, right? And so I think what's incredible about what you guys have built, what you got, what you and your brother have built, is it's essentially a brand that represents the culture. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's all it is. And just using elements of our culture to build everyday wear, things that you can wear every day, and and you know be able to look at them and feel connected to it. And I also feel like what you wear is an expression of who you are Um, and it creates conversation. So I bet if you were wearing a Croatian jersey that someone else who is Croatian would be like, are you from Croatia? From where? And now you created like this whole friendship just off of a shirt you were wearing. And that's the same thing that goes with Pali roots is that anytime I, you know, I went to the gym the other day, I was wearing a shirt that says Palestine, very black and white. (laughs) I was like, if you don't like me, you don't like me. It is what it is. And, you know, you get the occasional stares, you know, from certain groups of people that are not necessarily fans of uh, Palestinians or wanting to liberate Palestine. And uh, but you do also get people who are like, I stand with you. Love this. Where'd you get this? What does this mean? And then sometimes people who don't even know what's Palestine would maybe connect with a really cool styled hoodie that has the map and they're like, what does the map mean? And you're like, oh, that's the map of Palestine. What's Palestine? Palestine's here. And now you're talking about this whole conversation around Palestine based off of just a shirt. And uh, so we believe like what you wear is also a gateway into, um, you know, being able to talk about that certain subject. And that's why I think fashion is so important. It's much more than just coloring yourself. It's sentimental to you. And it's also going to connect you and create a gateway with other people as well. Um, and that's just the power of fashion. I just think it's bigger than that we think. It's a representation of who you are. Like yeah. it tells like what you wear and how you present yourself really, really showcases what type of person you are or who you want to be, which is so interesting exactly. about fashion. And it's also interesting too, like fashion is like one of those things that it's, it's never done. It's never finished. That's what oh. I love about fashion. Yeah. It's never finished it's constantly changing oh yeah very few people wear the same thing their whole lives right it's it's quite interesting yeah it is it is i mean i think fashion will never die it's an evolution it will go back into it would evolve and it also evolve into old ideas as well because i think um i think not everything in this world is new like it's somehow inspired by somewhere you've seen it or you've dreamt about it or you know, you saw a pattern on a shadow and there's just so many elements of inspiration. And I feel like humans are always going to be inspired by something around them. Um, so I think everything's always going to evolve into new ideas and, you know, uprooting things that, you know, maybe their stories weren't highlighted well enough, um, which is something that we did actually this last week is um, we're working on a collaboration with a black joy brand, a black liberation brand. And as a Palestinian liberation, Palestinian joy brand is the perfect brand to work with. And um, we resurfaced a poem that was written by a Palestinian poet, Palestinian uh, uh, like resistance poet. 
And that poem was discovered by another, uh, another poet. He was part of the Black Panther Party. And he translated that poem and published it on the Black, uh, Black Panther newspaper. And that poem went viral. But for years and years, no one knew that it was actually written by a Palestinian, which is so funny because I feel like, you know, in today's world, if that ever happened, people would be like, oh, we got to cancel da, 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 da. And and the Palestinian poet was just like, you know, this is this 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 these words are not just for me. These words, if they felt any type of sentimental feelings for them and they felt like this was relatable, then I did my job as a as a as a as a person, as a human. Like that is what poetry is for. It's not meant to be just claimed. It's something that should be, you know, used to connect people together because at the end of the day, when we're together, we're free together. And that's the name of the collection, Resist Together, Free Together. Um, so we're resurfacing like a story, an idea, and bringing it into fashion and then allowing that to be like, like that educational part is so important within Pali Roots is that we want to educate people through the clothing that we're making and create a story out of it. It's not just like, here's a blank, perfect shirt. It's like, no, how can we add more value to it? And I think stories are valuable um, and research is valuable. And I think that's what makes Pali Roots quite challenging to run is that we're so passionate about it that we're like, how can we free up a little bit of our time so we can build other concepts? Um, you know, that's really what it means to be an entrepreneur. It's not just to have one business, but to have different streams of avenue, uh, different in streams of income. And um, I, I just, when you're really invested into the story of a brand, it makes it a little challenging. Well, it's it's so cool what you guys have built. Like I said, it's it, it, when you think about community, culture, product, brand, vision, mission, so many of these things that so many people spend so many hours trying to fabricate and build from the ground up and aren't very good, you guys have been able to build through the most organic way possible. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're definitely, um, that's just what love does. When you love something, you just put all your heart and energy into it. So, you know, never do anything that you don't love. I think life is too short for that. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So what, what's on the horizon with like where you guys are at right now? Where do you see uh, Pally Roots and this new brand that you guys are starting like over the next, you know, two, three to five years? You guys have been doing this now for what about, about, what would it be? Five, six years. Five, six years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think there's so many different directions that we can go with the brand. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we do before we decide which direction we're going to go in is, is that direction going to still keep the base of the brand strong, the pillars of the brand. Um, so we decided with Pally Roots that, you know, we have a really great an amazing team that we just want to get Pally Roots to be able to be self-operated, um, where not self-operated, but operated by a team. And then Hussein and I would just be overlooking things. Um, Cause I think Hussein and I, you know, uh, being innovators and, and, and being, you know, knowing how to execute an, a, an idea is important. And the more that we can get, you know, roles like product designers, you know, set in the team and, and all these things done, um, like we wanted to be able to stabilize the brand. And in doing so, we wanted to open up this new e-commerce brand, stay in the e-commerce world, 
um, and start a jewelry brand. I personally um, am so connected to jewelry. I think jewelry is, um, again, meaningful. I think um, where jewelry has evolved to where it is today is not something I'm very fond of because I think jewelry is meant to be passed through a lineage. I think jewelry should be um, uh, more valued. So for example, like jewelry, you know, the, the, the oldest um, necklace or jewelry piece that was ever found was actually found in the Middle East and it was made up of seashells. And, uh, you know, these are things that, um, you know, people used to make to as a form of adornment um, to color a person, to either show their social status, their their culture, their marriage, you know, like there's just so much elements to what jewelry does to a person. And as a woman, I feel like jewelry is a self-expression of who I am and what I stand for. Um, so I'm starting a brand that's going to be inspired by my ancestral jewelry, which is called Bedouin jewelry. Um, and Bedouin basically means like, um, like nomads and travelers. So uh, I, I, you know, I want to also educate and build a, a community of empowered women, women who can learn from one another, build, um, you know, bring on special guests to talk about uh, what are things that you need to financially invest into or hey, investing into jewelry is good. So instead of buying a piece for 30 bucks, maybe buy it for 60 and get the actual gold or get the actual sterling silver so that if you need to in your life sell it, at least it's a form of investment. So we, we are trying to have women think a little smarter and building a, a community of Kawiya women, which is what the word means. Kawiya means an empowered strong. And real jewelry versus this costume jewelry that we see a lot of on the market, right? Exactly. Yeah. We see a lot of that type of jewelry, a lot of polished, clean cut, everything looks the same. And, you know, I wouldn't start a jewelry brand unless I felt like I had a really strong story. Um, and that's why I'm like, okay, I have a strong story. I have a strong message. I think this is going to work. And, uh, you know, through a lot of conversations I've had with a lot of my girlfriends and a lot of our friends, they're like, this is a wonderful idea. I think I've never seen anything like it before. And that's why you know, we've been working so hard the last couple of months, you know, really designing the first line and knowing what materials we wanted to use uh, went back and forth. So I'm really excited for that. And I think that's going to take a majority of our time in the next year or two. Um, but with Pally Roots, ultimately where I see the brand is I would love to one day turn it into a nonprofit and allow it to continue to run itself and be able to donate as many meals as I possibly can. Um, but of course, I'd have to also build my own family's generational wealth. Um, we're trying to break our generational wealth and, and be able to have our future kids to be able to, you know, build their own companies or be able to build an idea or a strategy, just give them more leverage than what we had as kids. Um, but again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. I loved my humble beginnings and it's definitely made me a really strong leader, both my brother and I. That's awesome. So what's that? Uh, what, do you guys have a name for the new jewelry brand? Yeah, the new jewelry brand is called Kawiya. Kawiya. Very cool. Yeah. And I'm curious, what's the price point going to be with it? Um, you know, that's a little tough. I'm working with my suppliers. So if my suppliers can give me a decent price point, um, I'm thinking about trying to uh, manufacture locally here in the U.S. if possible. If not, I have some amazing 
um, suppliers in India and in China who specialize in recycled gold. And they also recycle their water while they're working with this, like with, with the materials. So it's really eco-friendly. And I definitely want to find a supplier that um, is eco-friendly because if it's not, then it kind of stands against my personal morals of wanting to make things that's ethically made. Same with Pali Roots. We make sure everything's ethically made. The employees are well treated. Our employees are like sending us pictures of their vacations. And like they like my suppliers have become my friends. And it's like, I know about their life, their kids, I know about their vacation. So it's nice to know that we're working with people with a really good company culture um, rather than, you know, saying, hi, I need this. It's more like, how's your day? How's your morning? You know, it's just like this really beautiful conversation and connection you have um, with your suppliers. And that's something that I want to look for in a jewelry supplier as well. And uh, wow, like we've covered so much today. Like it's been so cool getting to connect with you, Amina, and, and getting to yeah. hear about the story <laughs> of the brand and kind of where you're, where you're branching off in the future. Um, what else would you want anyone else to know about you or the brand or like, how can people get potentially get in touch with you or can they follow you? Like, are you, are you online at all or anything like that? Yeah. So if, if anyone wants to reach out, I think email is the best way, but my email is on my Instagram. Um, it's just the golden M-U-S-E-C-O. I tried to change it to like my own name, but a lot of people got upset. I've had that username for years. So they're like, don't change it. And I'm like, but it's not a reflection of me. Um, but that's where you can find me. And uh, if you have any business related questions, I, um, I'm more than happy to help and be able to support anyone in the idea, especially for women too. I, I want to see more women in the entrepreneurship industry. And I just think there's so much potential that women can have and the ideas that I hear from a lot of my friends. So I'm always here to help out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, yeah, it's been great getting to learn about you and the brand. And I can't wait to see the amazing things you guys are going to be able to do over the next three to five years. Oh, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. And same to you always. Awesome. Thanks, Amina. Of course, yes.